0: Hello and welcome to another SPAC Insider Podcast, where you bring an independent eye in interviewing the targets of SPAC transactions and their SPAC partners. The supply of lithium has come into sharp focus as an essential ingredient in the rise of EVs and other clean energy systems. But tapping into that resource has frequently come with geopolitical and ESG concerns. Against that backdrop, Australia and Frankfurt-listed miner European Lithium announced an $838 million deal in October to spin off its Wolfsburg Lithium mine in Austria in a combination with Sizzle Acquisition Corp. The new NASDAQ-listed entity called Critical Metals would represent a pure Europe-based Lithium mining play that already has offtake and processing agreements in hand. I'm Nick Clayton, and this week my colleague Marlene Haddad and I speak with Critical Metals Chairman Tony Sage. Tony tells us how he expects the bump up to the NASDAQ to generate value for the company, and what key milestones Critical Metals has to watch for as it gets its lithium out of the mine and into batteries. Take a listen. Tony, let's start with the big news. You announced just at the beginning of this month that you've signed a binding term sheet to launch a lithium hydroxide processing plant in Saudi Arabia. That's something that you've been progressing on for quite a while. So why is that such an important milestone for critical metals?
1: Oh, it's huge. I I met um, the minister in Saudi Arabia at the Future Metals uh, Conference where I was a speaker uh, on lithium, and they mentioned that got about $50 billion to spend to bring in industries, especially green industries like the lithium industry, the gigafactory industry. And to produce that, you really need to have the hydroxide on site. So uh, when we started talking, I said I had a mine in Austria ready to export in a few years' time. Would you consider uh, partnering with us? And uh, yeah, we signed a binding agreement. So we started that process in January and we signed the binding agreement last week. So fantastic news for the company and huge cost savings. I mean, just one I'll go through now is uh, in Austria, where our mine is It's $0.65 a kilowatt hour for power. And power is about 30% of our inputs. And in uh, Saudi Arabia, it's $0.05 a kilowatt. So we're saving 12x on our 30% of our inputs. So massive cost savings. There are others, but we'll leave that for another time.
0: You know, that's really interesting, because just on the face that I was wanting to ask about that, just in, interested in how the geography of all of this will work, because it seems like your Wolfsburg lithium mine in Austria was just so perfectly positioned to serve the manufacturing customers in Central Europe. And so from a location standpoint, was the power and I guess the, the local support kind of the main issue? Why it made sense to kind of extend a little more globally further mm-hmm. south with that?
1: Yeah, the power is uh, the, the, obviously the biggest ingredient, but uh, there are other, other inputs. Uh, sulfuric acid uh, is a lot cheaper in Saudi Arabia. The tax rate uh, in Austria is about 33 and in, in Saudi it's about 20. So all those things are gonna be a huge benefit to our uh, shareholders. Uh, the extra transport costs is is minimal. We're um, gonna access the fast train network that's being built now. It finishes in 2025, 26 which is a fast train from Italy right up to Berlin. Uh, It passes within seven kilometres of our site and we'll put it in containers down there to the Trieste port and the Saudis will come and pick it up in their ship. And it's probably a two-day trip down to uh, where where they're going to start producing the hydroxide. So the extra transport cost is far saved by the the savings we're making on the power, the tax, uh, etc.,
2: Interesting. And Critical Metals' other big partnership is the binding long-term offtake agreement that you announced with BMW last December. So how much of your overall supply do you expect BMW to purchase? And ultimately, how will the automaker be supporting you as you get up and running?
1: Oh, look, it's a massive, massive coup for us. I mean, BMW have never signed an agreement with a miner before. Uh, our agreement back in October last year. We're going to produce probably around 10,500 tonnes of hydroxide per annum. BMW's contract is for six years with a three-year option uh, to take 9,000 tonnes of that uh, 10,500. So we still have some excess that we can sell on the open market, and we'll probably be able to do that over the next year or so. We're not in a hurry to sell that extra. But, uh, yeah, huge. And uh, just the, the amount of uh, political support, the, the amount of local support that we've got from the Europeans, having a partner such as BMW has been a massive plus for uh, Critical Metals.
2: And so in general, do you think it would be beneficial to diversify Critical Metals customers once this agreement comes up for renewal? Or do you think exclusivity is the way to go? Look, I think
1: um, exclusivity, yeah, to have a big partner, uh, there's, there's many different ways that uh, BMW can help. Everyone knows their political uh, experience uh, in operating in Europe. We're not that experienced at that level in the industrial area, in the mining area, yes, but not the industrial area. And we will lean on them for help in certain areas that we may be lacking as a partner. So having a single partner, especially based in Europe, is going to be a big, big, big benefit to us. Look, the, the agreement does run out uh, in six with a three-year option. I don't think they will not take that option. And it really depends on, on, on the state of the lithium market, obviously, back in at the end of uh, the six or nine years. So, But, yeah, we'll be looking for partners probably in, uh, for the extra uh, 1,500 that we haven't sold to them, uh, probably in year three or four to see if they uh, are really really interested in extending the, the contract past the six years and then going forward from there. But yeah, I think it's essential having a good long-term, large European partner for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm also just interested in going back a bit in terms of you know, the, the mine itself. From the Western perspective, uh, there's this perception that lithium deposits are very far flung throughout the world, You know, Australia, South America, China. So when was this resource discovered in Austria and how did Critical Metals manage to get the rights to it? Yeah, look, it's a very interesting story. The actual uh, Austrian government were
1: actually looking for a different mineral back then uh, in the 80s. Uh, They came across this deposit. They thought it was absolutely extensive. So they, instead of doing a lot of preparatory drill work, they just built the mine. Uh, They just dug these attics and these attics will fit D9s in them. They're that big. Uh, And they just followed the seam of the lithium. And um, so between 1983 and 1988, they just built this tremendous mine. And uh, the lithium price back then, which wasn't really, for batteries. It was mainly for crockery and high-end China, obviously the health industry. So the lithium price had collapsed around 88, so they just closed the mine. And it was never opened again until we came across it in uh, 2012. Uh, Still, lithium for EVs wasn't a big thing at the time in 2012, but I saw the potential. So We uh, bought the mine off the local landowner. Uh, We started mining it in about 2016, early 17. We took out 3,000 tonnes of material and we we uh, built a pilot plant uh, in Germany with 300 tons they put through, and that's why we're able to, unlike most of the other juniors, are able to have a very strong product. We've actually made some product uh, that we can uh, we sent to BMW and everyone else that was looking for it, and that's because we we're able to mine the uh, the deposit because the Austrian government left it in such good condition and it hadn't been touched. So, yeah, it's a lot of a fortune, a lot of luck, but I think a bit of foresight that uh, lithium would be uh, as huge as it is today, way back in 2012.
0: Yeah. And so where do things stand in terms of fully developing that mine right now? What are your, kind of your next big milestones as you get towards full operations there?
1: Look, uh, on the um, the biggest milestone, obviously, is the production of the uh, bankable feasibility or definitive feasibility study whichever one you like to call it that was completed in March Uh, it showed a very very robust project Uh, the MPV came out at 1.5 billion US so very robust so the next step now is to finalize the financing of the mine and we're going through that process now so the next big hurdle is the the financing and once the financing is in place we hope to start construction in the last quarter this year
0: yeah. And, and looking at some of the other things you have there in terms of, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty around them now, but what is the status of your two projects in Ukraine and how much work have you been able to get done there with everything else that's been going on for the last couple of years? Uh, a lot of the work has
1: been done. Uh, it was uh, drilled out extensively in the 70s, 80s and 90s by the, um, the authorities in the Ukraine. So we have a, a resource number uh, which we we're able to publish. Uh, it was 90 million tonnes going 1.36%. We bought that in uh, the latter end of 20, and then the tanks rolled in. And, uh, so, yeah, look, it, it's difficult. We, we can't really work on it for various reasons, but... Uh, it's sitting there. It's on the west side of the country. So nowhere where the uh, Russian military has been able to to put anything. They don't want that area of the country anyway. So look, as soon as the conflict finishes, we know that's going to be a fantastic asset for the company going forward. That obviously, if we haven't touched on it yet, there is a a, a, a demerger on the spec happening. So that, that asset will stay with European lithium, not critical metals going forward.
2: Got it. And so overall, what is your read on what the market for lithium is going to look like over the next few years? I mean, there's clearly growing demand, but also more supply coming in. So do you think that we'll see a steady rise in prices or perhaps some big fluctuations?
1: Look, the worldwide electrification and energy transition, uh, is, it's clear. Uh, all governments, especially Western governments, uh, are really pushing um, the, uh, the green agenda very hard. I mean, I think you'll find that most European governments will not allow internal combustion engine cars, new ones, on the road varies from 20, 2030 to 2035. So you're going to see a massive increase. Uh, and I think it's been about a 70% increase in, in the production of uh, EVs itself. But you know, everyone concentrates on EVs, but when's the last time you saw a power tool with a cord on it? Um, I mean, that's a massive industry. The electric bike industry is massive. Um, but the biggest one that I see going forward that batteries will be used for is the um, power grids. Massive one was just built in Australia, 100 million megawatt uh, capacity to hold power. So So the the industry is going to get bigger and bigger over the next 10 years. Uh, That's why most of the supply looks like is going to increase from various countries. Uh, There is a a concern geopolitically that most of the export of the actual hydroxide is coming from China. I think the world remembers uh, in July 2021 uh, where they had 97% of the world's uh, rare earths. Production and that just ceased. Uh, they just turned the tap off, and the rest of the world now is scrambling to find the rivers. So, the, the worry is do not let China control most of the lithium hydroxide market. So, you're seeing hydroxide plants being built. There's one being built in Australia. I think there's one in the States. So they're trying to diversify out of uh, the geopolitical problem that you may have. But yeah, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Any new technology that comes along, about $200 billion has been spent so far on this technology. And no one's going to throw that away quite quickly. Uh, Even if a new technology does come along down the track, it will be many, many, many decades before uh, it, it changes from this sort of technology.
2: Yeah, and just going off of that, uh, given the national security and environmental concerns around some of the major sources of lithium, do you see critical metals being able to charge a premium for its supply over the long term?
1: Yeah, look, I think that that will happen. I mean, there's there's also talk now. I mean, I think uh, quite a few brines projects in Chile being halted now because of the new president coming in there and giving a lot of power to the local population regarding water rights, etc., etc. So. Yeah, a lot of the extra supply that was going to come on by uh, those projects uh, have stopped. The guy uh, is talking about nationalising the whole of the lithium industry, which has sort of scared quite a few people thinking about what happened to Venezuela when they nationalised their oil industry. So, look, there is a lot of geopolitical problems. I think you will get a premium for products. And I think we will get a premium down the track because a lot of the supply of lithium, as you just mentioned, does not come from Europe. So we will be the very first, uh, we hope to be, I can't say we will be, but we hope to be the very first suppliers of lithium out of Europe for the EV industry. So, yeah, I think our product would probably get a uh, a little bit of a premium. Several of the uh, big German Manufacturers, I can't mention who, have stopped dealing with the DRC, for example, because of ESG requirements. They don't know if they use child labour, for example, as one thing. The last thing a car company in Europe wants is them associated getting their supply chain from there. So being a supply chain in Europe, I think we can extract a premium on ESG requirements.
2: And then, in terms of demand, are there different prices that off takers are willing to pay based on the usage, whether it's an EV battery or a phone component or perhaps something else?
1: No, not really. The uh, hydroxide is probably set now. Um, pr- prior, it may have been that case. But right now, as the industry has got more mature, there are pricing mechanisms in place. So, you know, the, there's a fast markets price, for example, that most people trade off the back of. And most of our contracts going forward, the suppliers and the, uh, the buy side want to get a, a price that they can. Work their numbers to. They don't really want to be able to pay. Like for example, four or five months ago, it was touching eighty thousand dollars ton for hydroxide um, from seven and uh, a half thousand tons. sorry, seven and a half thousand dollars a ton back in uh, late uh, 2020. So it's been a meteoric rise. It's settled back down into the mid 40s now, which is uh, which is a good price. So I think most of the uh, prices will be set uh, by the market.
0: Right, And moving over to the SPAC side of things, you know, how did you decide that a US listing made sense for critical metals? And I'm sure you were watching the MP materials deal and how that went. Was that one of the things that sort of turned your head towards the SPAC option? Look,
1: I, I was at the PDAC conference uh, last year in uh, 2022, and uh, I bumped into um, some brokers that uh, convinced me that we are on the wrong market. We're undervalued compared to some of our Peers, because most of our peers in Australia are Australian lithium manufacturers, right? So um, it really opened my eyes to, to valuations. So the market caps of the companies that are on the Nasdaq are, are completely different to the market caps of the of where we were sitting at in Australia. So that was number one. Number two was the access to funds. As you know, in, in the bankable feasibilities, the total project will get close to 850 million US dollars. So accessing that sort of capital for an asset in Europe from Australia would have been a lot more difficult than us doing it uh, from the NASDAQ. So they're the two main reasons why uh, we want to shift the uh, asset from the Australian company called European Lithium to critical metals.
0: Yeah, that's actually exactly what I wanted to ask about next. In terms of you know, you have the experience with the Frankfurt and Australian markets there, um, and, the, and the exchanges and the IPO process and all of that. I guess when the U.S. Uh, opportunity sort of came up, then what sort of what what put SPACs on that map, and what were some of the advantages you saw there?
1: Yeah, look, uh, the SPAC. Uh, I didn't know anything about them to tell you the truth. I mean, it's not uh, a thing we have in Australia or in the. German market that you know that we're in as well in Frankfurt. We don't know when the, the uh, shareholder meeting is for the SPAC at the moment, just awaiting um, SEC approval. So that process uh, will happen. But yeah, um, so already there'll be funds in the bank and uh, the, the, the SPAC process, I, I knew nothing about uh, SPACs 12 months ago. I know a lot now, uh, how they work and what interested me the most was the access to the capital in the SPAC and then afterwards, uh, because our CapEx on the whole project uh, would it be about 850 million and being a small company in Australia, how would we access that sort of fund? So I realized uh, the ASX and the Frankfurt market wasn't uh, for us. So then we looked at uh, IPO in the US and uh, I was at the uh, conference in um, in Toronto where I met uh, some people and they talked about uh, SPACs. And that's how I, I first found out about them and uh, did a lot of research and the rest is history.
2: So, how does Critical Metals plan to deploy proceeds from the steel? And uh, you just mentioned the capex needed, but how much is that fully needed into getting the Wolfsburg mine fully up and running?
1: So, the, um, the main reason, obviously, for the NASDAQ listing then is access to capital. So, our capex in total is split in two parts 850 in total. So, about 450 of that will be used for the Austrian mine and concentrate plant, and then the concentrate obviously gets sent to Saudi and that's about 400 million so the 400 million is already going to be fully funded uh, as part of the JV deal with the Saudis so really we need 450 million so the access to that through the Nasdaq I thought was going to be a lot better for us than accessing those funds in Australia or in Frankfurt
2: and are you looking at acquiring or developing any new mine projects beyond the ones already in your portfolio?
1: Look, I, I've got uh, access to probably a huge network. I've been in the business 45 years. I've got so many projects that get sent to me. And what we decided to do is not keep the name of the Australian company. What we decided to do was keep uh, Critical Metals, uh, change the, the company to Critical Metals. So anything in that space, uh, obviously with board and shareholder approval, will be looking at and not just being a... Uh, having a one project in the company. So those sort of assets will be nickel, copper and rare earths, especially those three that would as, as well as other lithium projects. Yeah, so we'll be on the hunt for a lot more projects um, because I think another reason would be that uh, it'd be quite boring, even though that we're going to have a fantastic company producing lithium. Once you start construction, there's not much news flow coming out to the market. We've got a talented team of people uh, on the board uh, and our staff. So we, we have potential to do and look for other projects that will
0: create a lot of synergies within Critical Metals. Opportunity and kind of developing some uh, IP around some of the processing uh, of the lithium that you're, you're bringing out and, and maybe being able to, to tailor certain things to certain partners on the off-taking side.
1: Yeah, look, we've done that. We, uh, we, as I said earlier in the in the talk, that we mined the Wolfsburg mine, and we've now got a flow sheet directly attributable to that mine. No other company has been able to do what we've done because the access to a mine itself uh, is very difficult because most of the explorers out there just uh, have a drill core or, or rock samples which they chip off and they put it through a test tube in in, in a lab. But we were able to build a pilot plant. So the IP that we've got is second to none in relation to us now having a clear flow sheet for our
0: engineers to build the plant for us. I don't want you to give away any of your secret sauce or anything, but it's just interesting the story of how you came upon you know this particular project. Do you think there's some other things out there where other you know potential sources of resource where some party was looking for one thing and, and maybe found a bit of uh, lithium or some other important resource? long ago and and there are some some other opportunities kind of like that that have been a little forgotten about
1: yeah look there there is a funny story in in my past i was looking for diamonds and uh, we found iron ore and uh, we became the biggest iron ore producer uh, in that particular country. Uh, so, yeah, you do stumble across things when you're looking uh, as explorers that you don't expect. The uh, work that you pre-do, geophysics, et cetera, only give you an indication what's under the ground. It doesn't tell you what it is exactly. So there's been lots of discoveries. Uh, people were surprised at, and they've been quite big mines. So, yeah, uh, around Europe, uh, we've now picked up uh, some ground in and around Wolfsburg that we didn't have previously. It was in another company, we managed to acquire that. So we're gonna do a lot of exploring around uh, Wolfsburg itself. Also, we have uh, two zones in in Wolfsburg. We've only really drilled out zone one. Uh, Zone two is only 350 meters away, so it's very close and we want to be able to drill that. So Critical Metals will be drilling that uh, area 350 metres away called Zone 2 as early as we can get approvals to do so. So yeah, we, uh, we hope to expand the, uh, the mine life and the resources uh, at Wolfsburg as quickly as possible.